Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that's broadcast live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. conversation continues with Rosemary Chalo and Dr. Oscar Gidua looking eight years on after Garissa University College terror attack. Hmm. So I mean it's interesting even as we both, we both having this conversation and talking about triggers some of the things that we thought to be truth for the longest time about hmm. how we deal with trauma later on and just some of the things that you're saying I mean I remember being at Westgate hmm. I've never gone back to Westgate true I cannot go back to Westgate yeah. just because of that whole thing. Hmm. And then I remember once after that, I was in a supermarket and I was doing shopping in another complex. The lights went out. I left the trolley the way it was mm-hmm. and I left because I, I relived and I said, I'm not going to do this Go again, ahead. no matter what it is. I didn't find out, didn't ask, mm-hmm. could have just been power, didn't mm-hmm. ask. Mm-hmm. So the thing is now, eight years after that, uh, for you, Rosemary, w- how are you, I guess, number one? And then how have you then been able to cope beyond the trauma go back to school continue with your life um how has that experience been for you i can see when it's come to to the healing is a process yeah and if it was not for the help from our doctor oscar and Mm -hmm. other counseling we could be where i am today actually Mm -hmm. uh it was a long experience and to me like even when i was in the house i could like maybe my siblings once they knock the door mm-hmm. i could tense maybe mm. they are coming into me but through that the process of psychosocial support counseling sessions i was unable to heal and like for where i'm working now i go to garissa actually i go to samburu i go for those areas where there is a lot of in, insecurity mm. and i'm ill for now but it is a journey sure. it is a journey it can maybe it's it depends also with the individual mm-hmm. there are some who they can take the longer period others they can take the short period mm-hmm. yeah the, what does it mean if you don't go through the psychosocial support if you do not you know the de- I don't know, de-stress. Okay. What happens? <laughs> what are we looking at then in society where we have people who've gone through a traumatic experience like this yes. and many others and then have not gone through the process of working it out? Yeah. Okay, so fortunately, as human beings, we're pretty resilient uh, in our own makeup, how we're how we created. And so if I can give you um, um, uh, an illustration, mm. if 100 people went through a severely traumatizing event. Everybody's life will be changed, uh, no doubt. I mm. mean, from that day. Mm. However, in about four weeks, 85 people will actually go back to a semblance of normal life. They're probably going to, you know, sleep better. They're going to avoid those places less. They're going to do all that stuff. But it's going to be 15 people. So that's about 15% of people whose lives are going to be completely, like, messed up. Now, in the event that you do not get any support, psychosocial support, that can actually be a lifelong disability. It mm. actually will be mm. do not going to Westgate, which, by the way, we're on the same uh, yeah. same group. Mm. I actually went to Westgate once just because I had a friend come from abroad mm. and they insisted that they were at Westgate. 
but then they didn't know I was involved in the recovery. They didn't know that I was already traumatized, so to speak, mm. from it. So I had to enter it. And I remember going in there and I didn't even listen to them. Yeah. I, I was not listening to them. You were constantly just... I was on edge the whole time. Mm. But let me mention something because I think it's important that Kenyans, even as we're listening to the idea of how do you recover from traumatic situations and especially from uh, the effects of a terror attack, that until 2015, I, I don't think the country had... When we say the country, I mean the, 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 the system, the state had not really realized the role of what psychological support would have. Mm. However, from 2016, uh, the government through the National Counterterrorism Center came up with what is called the National Strategy for Countering Violent Extremism. Mm. And in one of those pillars of the strategy, this is the psychosocial pillar. And it's very important for Kenyans to know that. And, and that's why if you go to their website, counterterrorism.go.ke, you can actually find a hotline which you can actually call if you actually experience something like that and you can get uh, psychosocial support. That's very important. It was never in place uh, mm -hmm. uh, back then. And you can see it's a year later. So what I'm, what I'm happy about is that I've seen an incremental increase in, in realizing that, you know, that you need to get psychosocial support. Mm -hmm. And culturally, anyway, I don't, I don't need to belabor the point that in Kenya, we never used to think counseling or psychology yeah. was important. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, mm -hmm. for guys, have a beer, you're good. You're the girls are like, but you're alive, you're fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then you're the walking dead. That's what I call people who are walking around with psychological wounds that have not been taken care of. Mm -hmm. So for the 15 people who I talked about, if those 15 people do not go through any psychosocial support, we're looking at an increase in disability in ways that you can't actually understand. So you see an increase in alcoholism at work. You start seeing the newspaper headlines. You're seeing people taking their lives via suicide. Mm. All that. Those are all... Uh, it's trauma. Uh, it's trauma and, and complex trauma at that because as Kenyans, we seem to go through traumatic things every day, but we never get, we, we never get any support for it. Mm. Mm. Let's start from colonization. Then you, you come out of that. You have freedom. Now you think you're healed. You're not. You saw your parents being raped, you saw mm. your people being castrated, you saw people being killed. You've never dealt with it as a country. Mm. We're the biggest land grabbers in the world. I always want to talk to people. There's no other part on earth you can go and tell people and boast to people about how many plots you have. No way on earth. I can't go to New York today and tell, ah, you know, I have a plot in Kamulu, a plot in... Everyone's going, what are you talking about? <laughs> but if you really think about it, if you think about the trauma of having your land taken away from you, it's like we're spending the rest of our time trying to claim get it, it back, back. Mm. at a very psychological and deeply deep level. Kenyans won't get that. Maybe this will be played in 50 years. They'll get what I just said. Mm. But, it, but, but that's what we're saying, that trauma has an effect that does not look like what we think it will look like. And it then goes beyond generations. It, it's multi-generational. Eric, our online uh, behavior as Kenyans, mm. we're the most rabid people online try to joke with a Kenyan online and see what happens they will tear you apart and i want to say is that we have all these pent-up issues in us which start showing us anger they start looking at dark humor we, we, we think we are funny but but if you really think about it from a critical aspect we, we make fun of sad situations and that's mm. i mean it's a way of coping that's so our coping it's mechanism. our coping mechanism because we're so traumatized as a people you know you hear all these things that are happening the economy the you know political situation all those things kenyans feel helpless and that's another sign of psychological um uh, when you're so traumatized you actually start feeling helpless so we have this land helplessness as a society where we think okay another scandal so what? so on this because then, then we already have a premise we already have like a foundation yes of trauma that we're dealing with absolutely then you add on to something perfect 
you implode and that's why somebody and you'll always hear people say oh he used to be fine this person was perfectly okay they used to come to work okay he has a family he has three children mm. how could he do this you just said it the foundation was there all that was needed was that last straw to break the camel's back and unfortunately for us we even the way we, we we've, we've designed our society mm. it doesn't really lend us for social support we think we're a social and communal society as Africans. Eh? Yeah. But I think we're holding on to dreams of our fathers. We're not. We actually are not as communal as we used to be. If you really challenge Kenyans who live in gated communities and in estates, how many of us know our neighbors and take care of our neighbors? Or, or if you see a kid doing something, they can, you can call them out. We're really not as communal as we think we are. We want to be. We believe we were. But we... I know it might be controversial to say, but I don't think we are. And that's what we need to now get back to. We see. lost it. Yeah, because that could actually help ring fence and mm-hmm. increase that that resilience. The, the, the idea that if we watch out for each other, even if an enemy or anything happens to us mm. as a society, we actually tend to actually get better and, and get out of it a bit better. What do the forensic psychologists do? Apart from no, no, let me ask. No, no. Well, <laughs> well the, the training. Yes. What exactly does it lean you towards? Okay. What is what is this thing mm. that makes you what we refer to as a forensic psychologist? Ah, uh, well, it's uh, it's where psychology intersects with the criminal justice system. That's at the basic level. So all areas of the system, starting all the way from law enforcement, all the security apparatus then going to um, detention, or what we call remand in Kenya, then the court system, then corrections. Uh, so if you look at the whole intersection and interplay of psychological processes in all of that, starting from the criminals and criminal minds and all that, all the way through, that's what we do, that's what we deal with. So if you look at that and you go through the process of what brings about terrorism, what we like to refer to as radicalism, mm. Would you then say that perhaps people who are radicalized are also traumatized? They actually, yes and no. But yes, especially for the ones who end up being activated. So for instance, if a, if a young person in the, in the community gets radicalized, which happens a lot, and we know what causes them to be radicalized, it's not being told that you're going to get 5 billion shillings at the end of the day. It's actually love and, and, and support and somebody wanting to be like an older brother to you and they come close to you. So what happens is they, 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 they sell to you this idea of a, part of a utopian society and they tell you that you can be part of that society and you're a member, a valued member of that society. And once you join this society, for example, if you travel and go to another land where you're supposed to join this, uh, let's say a caliphate or whatever it is, mm. then when you land there, you realize that this is a bunch of criminals. And there's nothing like what they sold you. <laughs> there, they're raping women, they're killing people for no reason, and they're putting you on the front line to go die, and they're not doing it themselves. Mm. And yet they're selling that as the ultimate price. So you end up being traumatized by that, and you go through what is called moral injury, because you thought you were going to actually do this cause, but then mm. you get there and you find it's a completely different, different idea. So you get traumatized. And I also want to speak to the idea of the families of people who are radicalized. They get really traumatized. And I think uh, when I was here in January, we were, at, um, we were, we were right there at, uh, at, uh, at, uh, in your sister station. And I remember we were talking about the effects of the 15th of January, the, 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 the 14 Riverside attack. And the family members of some of the people, there are people now we work with and we, and we, and we see. And the trauma, stigma associated uh, with them and all that is something you cannot even calculate. You cannot actually measure because they really had no idea. Mm. If, 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 if you really think about your normal family member, then 
your son or your daughter gets radicalized, your brother, your sister, you, it really changes your life mm. because you live with that stain the rest of your life. People will say, there's no, you didn't know. Mm. You probably even helped them. Mm. And really, you're benefiting financially. How could you not see the signs? How, yeah, how could you not? And yet, nobody's trained to see those signs uh, systemically. Uh, and, mm. and, and, and that's the next phase now where we say, can we train society to understand when somebody is changing and is becoming radicalized, you know? Because our trauma is there, yes. I mean, we, PTSD, one relates to it when one watches movies and one thinks of people mm. who have been in war. Yes. Most so American movies that deal with the Iraqi war, the Afghanistan yes. war and so forth. But mm. if we bring it back home and look at our police service. Perfect. The way they go about their business, the way they are equipped to go about their business, or the lack or the absence of the equipment and the preparation they need to go about their business, and then the work that they are supposed to do, mm. and the work that they actually do. Mm. Does it not then fit this categorization that you've spoken of? And would one then not say that we have an entire group of people in this country who are constantly being traumatized? I, I, I don't uh, I don't know Bonamuga, uh, if you know how profound what you've said is. We work with them and we, we've seen it. And I want you to imagine who a police officer or who a security officer in this country is. An 18-year-old uh, lady or, or gentleman or, you know, 20-year-old who's been deployed to serve this country and to, to probably even lay their life for this country. But then when they go to work, uh, there's a lot of challenges with the work. Of mm. course, it is the work. Mm. But no human being is trained to die and, and, and trained to, <laughs> you know, and, and you're not trained to see some of the things. To suffer. And to suffer. Mm -hmm. And so there are many of them in the forefront. And, they, and, and I know if they're listening to it, they'll be so happy that I'm speaking on their behalf. When I say that they do a lot of good work, but yet they also, there's a lot of support they require that a lot of times they don't have. I'm sure even Rosemary in interacting with some of the officers she interacted with. She saw, and yet they're even a bit better because they're KDF. But if now you're talking about the police officers and, and stuff there, they're absolutely unshielded. They're out there doing work for this country. They're not sleeping so we can actually have safety. But then the things they see on a day-to-day -day basis, they actually are the walking dead. And I'm going to say that again in the sense of psychological trauma. However, I also want to commend uh, the National Police for the things that they've put in place since about 2017, 2018 that have actually started, you know, to, to they have now a police hospital, I think, which they're going to be commissioning. They've also started the Directorate of Wellness and the director is someone I know personally. I know they have a lot of counselors and psychologists who they're hiring now into the rank and file. They're also using the, the, the NPSC are actually using um, civilian psychologists to also help the police. So there's a few things and strides that are being made. But still, there's a long way to go. And, mm. and, and if I'm speaking about police, I also have to speak about prisons also. Because they also get deployed in very difficult deployments, uh, which Kenyans have no idea about. And that's why I was so happy when I saw Chief Justice Maraga uh, being given a task force to actually look into their welfare. I hope that that welfare uh, and their recommendations will actually be put in place because as a country the idea of you know you hear it everywhere we write good documents nobody implements them yeah. but i hope that this is one that can be implemented because the safety and security of this country relies on the wellness of our officers okay uh, from a psychological perspective um, i as you're talking i'm thinking about certain prom processes that we as kenyans are known for task forces mm. 
committees we form them very well we it's like we know we understand we need to look into this thing and we do mm. information gathered some even go to the point where they are analyzed yes shelved this we see consistently every time you talk of something i can even tell you but you know that one we even know what we need to do yes okay how do we explain because this trauma we speak of it isn't as though task forces upon task forces haven't talked about mm. the wellness of yes. the police service mm. they have Correct. it isn't as though they haven't talked about reforming the prison services they have and yet even with all the reports we have and with successive governments and then with successive political leadership what is this thing that we keep inheriting in the political leadership and in our own personality as kenyans mm. that ensures we take the step of sorting out a problem but we never 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 sort it out mm. and it replicates so it means we have a powder keg that we keep adding powder to and some along the line i think at the back of my we even know what will happen but it still doesn't stop us mm. How do you explain a situation where you have an entire generation upon generation of people who see the abyss, they know they're heading towards it, and they keep accelerating towards it? That's a hard one, uh, and I think it's a systemic question. However, mm. I, I, I also want to give examples of why it has actually worked. Um, I was fortunate to be in the National Task Force for Mental Health that was appointed in 2019, and we did our work, collected views from Kenyans about what Kenyans require in terms of like uh, mental health and, and, their, and, their, and their wellness. And we came up with a report that was actually published and it was launched uh, in the middle of COVID. And what I want to say is that from that report, one of our, uh, one, one of our, um, our, our key things we said when we were appointed, we said, like I said, I do not want to ever be appointed to anything in government which won't bear fruit. If the intention is to just have it as, as people who are just being seen there and then not actually help and serve Kenyans. So, so we, it was one of our demands uh, from the word go. So what has happened is that from the re recommendations of that task force, a lot of actually the recommendations are being actualized. A lot of the laws right now, there's a push to repeal the, the penal code that actually criminalizes attempted suicide mm. uh, in, 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 the, in the law. That, that is retrogressive in any way you look at it. Mm. Uh, so we want to see, is there a way to actually have that through a parliamentary process to get it out? Uh, because it has to be repealed. Uh, you also have to think about there's a law on counselors and psychologists that was actually affected 2014, had never been actualized, was actualized finally last year uh, as one of our recommendations. The Mental Health Board was also formed, the, the, the Mental Health Act uh, that actually came into being um, 2022, I believe. So for me, there's a lot of steps, but the one lesson I've learned is that government can move very slowly because mm. it's a behavior that's huge. Mm. However, it is time for us as Kenyans to start doing it. And I, and I agree with you. It's, it seems like a, like a land helplessness. It's like we do these really nice things academically, but then people don't follow up with action. And, 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 and that is the problem. I think our land helplessness, we are numb to our situation and our situation. Here we can speak all the good English we want and analyze things to a T. But the normal Kenyan outside there says, ah, well, I knew to Amasuti. The guys. It's puzzling. The things we talk about and recommend can mm. be done. Yes. What hamstring? I mean, they, they can be done. No, they can. Who do you think it is? City? Is it a psychological issue? You know. Is that why you? I'll pontificate on yeah. psychological issues when there's no psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. When there's a psychologist, <laughs> you will leave it at that. As we conclude, let's get back into the Garissa University and yes. Rosemary. So you went through the help of psychologists such as Dr. Ari, but then 
I can imagine you plus your colleagues who are fellow students, some lecturers. How about your family members? Because I can imagine what they went through as they're hearing, okay, there's an attack at Garisha University. They have no clue where you are. Did they get that support? Um, no. Yeah, the family should was they? not. Yeah, they should. Can I, can, yeah. I, can I support her? Why? Mm -hmm. And then she'll get back to it. Rosemary, sorry to cut you short, but it's important. When somebody has gone through extreme trauma, they change. And family members need to understand. That's the reason why. In fact, I was involved in the, in the support for Rosemary and her, and her, and her schoolmates. Mm. was because I, I happened to meet the director for DAD in the country at a conference. Mm. And then he came very proudly and he told me, Oh, you know, as the Germans, we are going to support. We're going to give the students a scholarship for one year. And it's going to really help them. And I listened to him and I looked at him and I said, um, that's really great. First of all, I'm embarrassed that it's not the Kenyan government giving that. Yeah. That's the first thing. But second of all, have you considered that maybe you'll be sending zombies to class? Mm. He was completely floored. Mm. And then that's, 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 that's how mm. I got in. Because I said, you know, psychologically, yeah. you've got to really help them in. But, and that's why it's important. Rosemary and other people like her families need to be informed. What do you expect from her? How can you support her? Don't spend time around her. And I'm sure she got so many people asking, mm. Leona, Nini, what happened? Mm. Keeps that, asking those questions. Yeah, you need to really stop all that and just okay. be there for her as a person. Okay. Yeah. I think it's important then that to, for us to understand that it's, it's a journey. And it's it not is. just, you know, two years later. No, so you're okay. No. We moved on. No. You moved from Garissa. You went to Moi. So, psh, I mean, no, no. it's a continuous journey. But thank you very much, guys, for joining us today. Rosemary Chalo is a survivor of the Garissa University college attack eight years ago. Dr. Oscar Gedua is a forensic psychologist. They've been here telling us that journey of healing and what it means. This is the Situation Room, the only way to start your day. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.